Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, September 13th. On this date in 1948, Republican Margaret Chase Smith of Maine was elected to the U.S. Senate. She became the first woman to serve in both houses of Congress. On this date in 1962, Mississippi Governor Ross Barnett rejected the U.S. Supreme Court's order for the University of Mississippi to admit black student James Meredith. Meredith would be admitted despite Barnett's refusals that same month. And a bit of trivia for you this morning. On this date in 1993, a new late-night host made his premiere on network television. Can you guess that host? I'll tell you in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's check in at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your forecast. All right, good Wednesday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sovine here. Had some showers and storms early this morning. Can't roll out one or two areas of rain this morning, although most of you will stay dry. A mix of sun and clouds. 70s going into the 80s. We'll top out in the upper 80s early this afternoon as the rain chance starts to increase. Take the umbrellas with you at lunchtime. Scattered showers and storms this afternoon. can roll out some of that rain continuing into this evening. So today's rain chance up a little little bit from yesterday. You'll start to go back down a little bit tomorrow, but still a few showers and storms as a cold front starts to push down to the south. We'll notice it by the time we wake up Friday morning. The humidity will have dropped. The temperatures will start out in the 60s. Beautiful weather Friday, Saturday. We may see a couple showers and storms return on Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. This month kicks off an event that celebrates the rich history of historically black colleges and universities. Today, the Porter Gout School in Charleston will host its second annual breakfast program dedicated to nationally historic black colleges and universities in honor of HBCU Week. Live Five's Destiny Kennedy is in Charleston at Porter Gout. So, Destiny, why did the school feel it was so important to host this event this year? Good morning. Good morning, Katie and Shelby. The school is committed to fostering a more equitable and inclusive community. The program aims to shed light on the pivotal role of HBCUs have played in our nation's history and their contributions as institutions of higher education. Attendees can look forward to hearing from both current and former students who have experienced what HBCUs have to offer. This event is not exclusive to Porta Gout. It welcomes participation from the community, including neighboring schools. The inception of the program came from a group of students who make up the Black Excellence Society. Those students tell us about a different approach that they are taking for today's event. Um, also, something new we're doing this year is last year our breakfast was only open to black students, but this year we want to expand it. To Regardless if you are a black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, you can be a part of this group or just be an ally, period. I think opening this up to all people allows black kids to feel less isolated. The Director of Community Engagement and Belonging at Portugal further explains the importance of including everyone in today's event. They're not only open uh, to um, uh, African-American students, you know, they also want to bring in a lot of diversity. So uh, what we're trying to do is to highlight, you know, the existence of these colleges. Today's event is from 8 to 9 a.m. at Washington Hall here at Porter Gal. Reporting live in Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News.
Destiny, thank you. The Charleston County Sheriff's Office says it helped North Charleston police in a foot chase. Authorities tell us it all happened on Pearson Street and Abraham Avenue near the Royal Missionary Baptist Church around 9 last night. Our crew captured video showing a handful of law enforcement personnel in that area. It's unclear if any arrests have been made. We did reach out to North Charleston police to learn more about that incident. They told us a report could be sent sometime today. Of course, we'll keep you updated as more information becomes available. The Berkeley County Sheriff's Office has identified the two deputies involved in a chase-turned-fatal shooting near the Wanda River. Deputies say Lieutenant Cody Graff and Detective Corporal Brian Kiefer were the two deputies involved. Now officials tell us they pursued a vehicle involved in multiple hit-and-runs, chasing it to the bridge on I-526. Once that vehicle stopped, shots were fired and the suspect died at the scene. Both deputies involved are now on paid administrative leave, and the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division is continuing to investigate. A 56-year-old man is now out on bond after the Goose Creek Police Department says it arrested him for allegedly inappropriately touching a child. Matthew Glenn Aguilera is facing two counts of third-degree criminal sexual conduct with a minor. The child's mother made the report to police back on June 30th. Officials say the child did tell them Aguilera inappropriately touched them and told the child not to tell anyone. Aguilera was booked at the Berkeley County Detention Center and court Records show bond was set at $100,000. The Isle of Palms Police Department says it is taking some steps to keep the city safe from using drones to installing cameras. Officials tell us it's all about protecting the peace of mind for locals and tourists. My Five Skylar Hill explains the changes as the department sees an increase in some violent crimes year over year. Data shows that police are being called in actions more times this year than they were at the same time last year. As of August, IOP police filed 1,562 charges. That's compared to the 1,259 charges police filed at this time last year. That's a nearly a 20% increase. Now, some of these categories where we're seeing more charges include attempted murder, up five from zero this time last year. Assault, police have made 12 arrests so far this year compared to the four this time in 2022. And gun violation arrests, 14 as of August compared to the 11 last year. Police say they're working to get these numbers lower, and they've done a lot of work to get ahead of crime in the city. Chief of Police Kevin Cornett says it's only the beginning. Some of the other things we've done is we've looked at our drone program and making better use of that and kind of using some of our volunteers here in the community so that we have a more of a constant flow of our drone so that we have eyes on. We've added cameras on the beach. We've added cameras on the beach access paths and on the roadways. So we've got more opportunities to see things that are taking place. Cornette says those visiting the beach town have a role to play in keeping the city safe as well. I think our big thing is, you know, we, we know we're going to have a lot of people. We want people to be here. We want people to remember when you come out here, be safe, be responsible. If you see something, say something. You can't go home three hours later and tell us something happened. It's, it's gone and it's over at that point. As soon as you see something wrong, tell us so that we can address it. Now, anyone that has any questions can be sure to contact the city. Reporting to Owl Palms, Schuyler Hill, Live 5 News. The head of the Charleston County School Board of Trustees is responding to claims that she and others on the board colluded in an attempt to deceive the public. It comes after Monday's hours-long meeting in which board members discussed Superintendent Dr. Eric Galleon's contract behind closed doors. Four board members accused board chair Pam McKinney of leaving them in the dark as to why the contract was being discussed, while some in the audience speculated they were going to fire him. McKinney sent Live 5 a statement responding to the accusations, saying the meeting was called to clarify the duties and responsibilities of Galleon and that no vote was held. 
Board members Darren Calhoun and Darlene Roberson also sent a joint statement saying with all due respect to Chairman McKinney and to offer full transparency without giving details of matters discussed, the responsibility of the superintendent was only a portion of the executive session. We also discussed procedures of termination for a position and grounds certain board members felt a termination of contract may be necessary. New developments in Dorchester County are bringing some more families into the area, but that could be causing a problem for several school districts. The Dorchester School District 2 board announced a tentative plan to reduce the chance of overcrowding within six schools. Those being Sand Hill, Beach Hill, Williams Reeves Elementary, as well as East Edison Middle, Ashley Ridge High and Somerville High. Each of the schools are close to or at full capacity. DD2 says that the school's could triple in size within the next decade if nothing is done to reduce student populations. Possible solutions include rezoning, installing learning cottages, building additional wings, or building entirely new facilities. We've been talking about growth basically since the day I got here, and so we wanted to roll out a plan that had a timeline associated with it so the community could see what that timeline is and they would have ample opportunity to provide us with input. The district says it is making a priority to make sure the change benefits everyone involved. DD2 released a special webpage specifically for the project and potential rezoning options. For more information, you can head on over to this web story at life5news.com. The Charleston County School District wants your feedback on its more than $100 million project to consolidate three elementary schools. There are three options to combine Hunley Park, W.B. Goodwin and Lambs Elementary Schools. The first would be to combine all three schools at a new facility at Lambs Elementary. The other two options involve either combining Lambs and Goodwin with Hunley remaining separate or pairing Lambs with Hunley and leaving Goodwin on its own. Community members say the priority should be ensuring students are not put at a disadvantage. Absolutely, teachers are going to make it work, but we shouldn't be setting them up three steps behind when we've already made so many gains. We should just continue to support these communities that are thriving. If you'd like to give feedback on the three options, you'll have that chance tonight at 6 p.m. at Lambs Elementary or September 19th at Jerry Zucker Middle School. Could South Carolina become the first state in the Southeast to guarantee every student eats for free at school? It's under consideration right now at the State House. A committee whose members include lawmakers and school district leaders is currently taking a look at food services in South Carolina public schools. That committee will submit recommendations for any changes it determines should be made to school nutrition services, which could include implementing universal free meals. Those recommendations are due by the end of this year before the new legislative session begins in January. Well, for many high school seniors, it's time for them to start thinking about where their next steps will be when they graduate in the spring. And lots of students will go to college or commit to play a college sport. One coach in the Orangeburg County School District is helping his athletes take that next step. Our Madeline Jess Kowiak joins us live this morning with more on how this coach's leadership is getting high schoolers prepared for post-graduation success. Good morning, Madeline. Good morning. Coach Keith Parks tells me that the last thing he wants is for his students to miss out on the opportunity to play sports in college and receive athletic scholarships. 
Coach Parks is the athletic director and varsity boys basketball coach at North Middle High School located in Orangeburg County. He recently utilized the school's lunch period to register the entire varsity basketball team and other student athletes with the NCAA Clearinghouse Eligibility Center. The NCAA Clearinghouse is an organization which performs academic record evaluations to determine if a prospective student athlete is eligible to participate at an NCAA Division I or II college as a freshman student athlete. Registration with the Clearinghouse is required for eligibility. However, many athletes and their families don't know about this critical step and miss the opportunity to take their athletic career to the next level. No matter how good our children are, if we're not registering for the clearinghouse where there is lack of knowledge or just not knowing about it, then it does them no good. They still won't be able to go to college. So this is just one of the pre-measures of making sure our kids have everything that they need to be able to succeed at that next level. I spoke with a couple of North Middle High athletes and they say that Coach Parks is the reason they have a shot at playing sports in college. Reporting live in West Ashley, Madeline Jaskowiak, Live 5 News. Thanks, Madeline. Now to the courtroom. Disbarred Low Country attorney and convicted killer Alec Murdoch is scheduled to appear before a judge tomorrow morning. According to the Attorney General's office, the status hearing will be about the dozens of financial charges Murdoch is currently facing. The state alleges Murdoch stole over $8 million from his victims during his time as a lawyer. The hearing will be in front of a familiar face for Murdoch, Judge Clifton Newman, who presided over his double murder trial and sentenced him to two life sentences. Also happening tomorrow, former Palmetto State Bank CEO Russell Lafitte will have a hearing related to the state financial charges he's facing. Lafitte previously was found guilty of six federal charges connected to Murdoch. Now, we'll also learn how long admitted Murdoch co-conspirator Corey Fleming will serve for the nearly two dozen state charges he pleaded guilty to last month. Fleming is currently serving a nearly four-year prison sentence for federal charges he pleaded guilty to in May. Five former police officers from Memphis, Tennessee, are facing federal civil rights charges, including deprivation of rights. A grand jury indicted the ex-officers yesterday for their involvement in the beating death of 19-year-old Tyree Nichols. Body camera video shows police pulled Nichols over for a traffic stop last January before he ran from officers. Nichols died several days after the attack. Ty. He was just a free spirit, and he really should be here today. Tyree shouldn't be gone. He should be here today. And because of those five police officers, he's not. On behalf of my family and I, we'd like to thank everyone that was involved in the indictment of those police officers today. It was a surprise to us that it happened so quickly, but we're very thankful that it did. All five officers were part of a special unit created to help curb a rise in violent crimes. They all pleaded not guilty to state charges in the case and are facing a federal civil lawsuit. At the top of the show, I told you that on this date in 1993, a new late night host made his premiere. That host was Conan O'Brien, who took over NBC's late night when David Letterman moved to CBS to host The Late Show. Celebrating birthdays this Wednesday, actress Barbara Bain from TV's Mission Impossible is 92. Singer Peter Cetera from Chicago is 79. 
Actress Jean Smart is 72. Singer Fiona Apple is 46. And actor Ben Savage is 43. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I hope you have a great Wednesday. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.